Welcome to the Global Australian Podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advance, the Global Australian Network. We're the non-profit organisation committed to strengthening Australia by nurturing a globally connected mindset at home and abroad. One of the ways we do this is by shining a spotlight on the impact of extraordinary global Australians. In this podcast series, we meet 25 game changers recognised in the 2023 Global Australian Awards. These remarkable individuals generously share their stories with us, giving us insight into their international career journey, its highlights and challenges, and what motivates them in their work. I hope you enjoy getting to know the inspiring game changers of 2023. In this episode, you will meet Yelda Hakim, who received the Social Impact Award. The Social Impact Award recognises Australians working internationally who have dedicated their lives to tackling significant and pressing global issues. This year, the judging panel chose to recognise individuals who are using journalism to raise the voices of the marginalised and to tell stories that would otherwise be left untold. Yelda Hakim is a broadcast journalist, news presenter and documentary maker. Based in London, Yelda is known for her dedication to reporting on significant and pressing global issues. She has established the Yelda Hakim Foundation, which supports the education and empowerment of young Afghan women. In simple terms, how would you describe what you do? I think I feel really fortunate and blessed to be doing what I do. Um, I think I've been given this unique platform uh, to be a storyteller and not just a storyteller, but to highlight um, some of the most uh, pressing and consequential stories, issues and events of our times. Um, So if I were to say what I do, I would say I'm a storyteller and uh, someone, I hope, uh, who gives people who don't necessarily have a platform, uh, a voice and a space to be able to um, tell us what's going on in their world. Tell us about in your current role and in those sort of um, anchor type roles of those big programs, tell us what a day in, in your life looks like. It can really vary. Um, it can be if I'm in London in the studio, uh, you know, I, I, I manage between being um, a, a mother and um, a journalist, a, a war correspondent. So they have uh, that that whole uh, sort of setup, uh, you know, is, is sort of tightly monitored in terms of logistics uh, for me. Um, but uh, I drop off my son to nursery. I um, am listening to the radio and reading the entire morning and getting myself across the day's news. But there also might be stories that I've picked up or seen um, which I think need to be highlighted that aren't necessarily making any kind of news. Uh, So, for example, just yesterday uh, we learned that the Taliban had burnt uh, musical instruments in Afghanistan. Now, this wasn't a story that was necessarily being picked up uh, globally and making headlines, Um, but I, because of my contacts and the network I have within the country, and I was seeing some local um, uh, actors 
activists and, and news coming out of it. That is a story that I took to the BBC and said, yes, of course, we need to do Ukraine counteroffensive. Um, we need to do um, things like rate rises and cost of living. Uh, but I've also got this story that I'd like to do. And so we brought an Afghan musician uh, onto the program. And so um, it really can vary from uh, news of the day, stories that I uh, find of interest, an editorial meeting. If I can squeeze in, um, you know, a workout session, I do as well, because I think it really helps um, me, uh, you know, sort of with all the, the angst and everything else that's going on um, uh, of, of managing life and work and balancing all of that. Um, I, I do like to get a, a workout um, uh, in as well in the day. But my show goes out on air from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, and that's a sort of evening news bulletins um, and sort of, uh, you know, comprehensive current affairs type uh, issues. Now, that's what happens when I'm here in the studio. It's a very different scenario when I'm in the field, um, which I have to say is my real love. That's my true passion, just being in the field, being on the road. Um, you know, I want to get my boots dirty. I want to be able to help viewers understand when I'm talking about um, you know, the Islamic State taking over a certain territory that I know what I'm talking about. I know where Mosul is on a map. I've been into Iraqi and Syrian territory, um, and I can bring that back uh, to uh, viewers in the studio. So I really like to have that kind of balance. But when I'm in the, in the field, it's a completely different scenario, and I, I'm immersing myself in someone else's world and society. So in Ukraine a few weeks ago, um, you know, I was in the capital, Kiev, um, and life is seemingly normal. And then suddenly there'll be, um, you know, sirens that go off. We're forced underground into bunkers because an airstrike has taken place and we don't know the impact and we have to stay there until we get the all clear. And you really get a sense of what people are going through in these societies, in that part of the world um, where war is on their doorstep and they're dealing with it, as well as all the things that I've just talked to you about that I'm trying to do here um, you know, when I'm when I'm dropping my child off, trying to get a workout done, reading, um, you know, trying to deal with day to day issues. Um, when I get transported to these places, whether that's Kabul, Baghdad, Ukraine, or, or doing a story across uh, the United States or coming back home uh, to Australia, I realize um, our issues are all more or less the same. We're just grappling with it in different ways. Yeah, there's a real universal sort of understanding that comes through from from what you do there. When you were growing up, where did you picture yourself uh, or what was your goal sort of coming out of high school and going into university? And and did you did you think that this might be a path for you? Growing up and, and even from the age of sort of seven, when you look at diary entries from when I was in primary school, I, I sort of, you know, it's uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and what I wanted to be when I grew up was a journalist. Um, and so my parents still have a lot of those clippings and, uh, you know, um, diary entries. Um, and they really encouraged it. You know, I I remember, um, you know, my, my father sort of saying, well, if you want to be a journalist, you've got to be across the news. You have to read, you have to build your knowledge. And that was really built in me from a very, very young age. So I, I might, you know, when the Taliban first came to power in 1996, um, I might have been um, sort of, you know, 
12 or, or 13 and uh, I remember all my uh, school projects um, at primary school and high school uh, were centered around girls' education. Um, so in many ways, I suppose I, that's why I feel so heartbroken that Afghan girls aren't going to school today because um, when I was a teenager, it's something that they went through and that was my, um, you know, I, I really saw it as, as sort of um, something that I felt strongly about and was advocating for. And, and you know, almost 30, uh, sort of 25 years, 27 years on since that, um, no, so, uh, so it's, it's, yeah, 20, uh, so since 1996 till now, um, you know, um, uh, it's, um, I'm just trying to get the exact, uh, uh, so um, almost um, sort of um, uh, 30 years since um, the Taliban came to power the first time around. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they more or less have done exactly the same thing. Um, so uh, for me, absolutely, um, right through high school, through university, it was really clear that I wanted to do journalism. Um, and whether I came across a journalist, whether they were from the ABC or from a local paper, I was always really curious and interested to know what they were doing. Wow. Well, coming into that, I can hear how many things you're um, juggling and also having to go sometimes into the field and sometimes being in the studio. It's There's a lot of change on a daily basis. What are some of the challenges you face when trying to communicate the stories you want it. So at that level, trying to get the stories that you want to share across, what are some of the challenges and the highlights in what you do? I think it's a real privilege to um, go into people's homes and ask them to um, trust you and trust that you will tell their story, shed light on the issues that they face. And sometimes it can be extremely grim. It can be the death of a child. It can be rape. It can be persecution. It can be, um, you know, uh, uh, people on the run, fleeing uh, all of those things and, and trying to find safety for their families. And these are really um, difficult issues. And for people to... Um, just walk into your house, you know, a camera crew, and allow you uh, to film in their homes for you to share their stories with the world is is a privilege. I feel, and 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 it, that's never lost on me because the idea of someone coming into my home, meeting my family, you know, I'm an extremely private person, and f for me to feel like okay, I'm telling sharing my life with someone else. Um, so that's never lost on me, no matter where I am. No matter how difficult someone's circumstances are, they might be, you know, in a refugee camp, left everything behind. I don't assume um, that just because I've marched in there and I've come from the West that, that somehow I have the right to be able to just walk in and not respect their space, their privacy, and sort of assume that they will just share that story with me. So trust is such a huge factor for me to be able to own their trust. I do spend time with families beforehand, before the crews arrive. You know, I, I spend time trying to um, uh, uh, understand their story. And sometimes they might get cold feet and then I will put measures in place. So whether that's blurring faces, distorting voices, um, you know, and, and 
doing things that make them more comfortable uh, to, to, to sort of share their journey, to share their story um, uh, with me. Um, and then, of course, there's the interviews that I do that are the accountability interviews, the interviews with, with global leaders, with policymakers, with people who are in positions of power. Um, and so there's the, the nerves and the angst of preparing for something like that. Then the excitement of actually doing um, that. So, um, again, I remember doing an interview with President Zelensky a few weeks ago. Um, as, as I was prepping, I was thinking about what might the headlines be? What would he be focusing on? And then as soon as, you know, it was done remotely because I just left Ukraine and it was out of my studio here in London. And as soon as the lights went on and, um, you know, I could see him and he could see me, I realized, my God, what a privilege this job is that I can take this um, issue that's one of the biggest global issues right now and one of the biggest talking points and speak to the person at the center of that and share that with the world and, and ask him tough questions and ask him the sorts of questions that the audience want asked, whether that's why should we continue to, to fund this conflict? Why should we continue to send weapons? You know, we're having tough time in our, in our societies uh, with the cost of living, with the cost of, um, uh, you know, um, oil prices uh, increasing. Um, why should we continue to do that? And hearing a very compelling argument from him uh, about why it matters, the importance of democracy and freedom and those sorts of issues and, and pushing him on some of those things. Um, and so the privilege of all of these things, whether it's someone, you know, stuck in a refugee camp or in a bunker or the, the one of the global leaders, I, it's never lost on me almost two decades on um, from doing this job. Um, what an honor that is. Well, um, we were... Um, equally excited to learn about the story and the judging panel um, really um, had a lot to add because it's um, being such a public face as yourself and um, I know you've been recognised in many, many different areas but what does it mean to you to be recognised as a game changer in these Global Australian Awards? Uh, you know, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't see myself as a game changer, but I feel very honoured that, that that's how um, you recognise me and, and view me. Um, you know, I think that the people who have the courage and bravery to decide to lock up their homes and, and walk out of their countries and try and find freedom somewhere else and know that sometimes... They're not welcome in those places and they have a whole host of issues and challenges that they need to face um, and government policies, um, because, of course, every country needs to have their policies to, to deal with mass migration, for example. You know, the people who take these journeys, the people who take a stance and speak up uh, against injustice, um, these are people who I view as game changers, uh, leaders who walk into a country and don't believe that they are the most important person on the planet and want to meet with those dissidents, want to meet with those people who are trying to bring about change and fight the system in their countries. And they, they might face jail time, they might face death. These are the people that I view as game changers. I am just um, a sort of a connection between 
them and my audience. And so if that means that I am somehow playing a role in uh, being a game changer, um, you know, it's something that I see and view as as a huge honor and privilege and, and grateful that that's how you view me. Um, uh, but, but yes, I, I don't necessarily view myself as that, but I do see myself as a link between those people who are game changers and the audience. Oh, that's, yeah. Um, well, in, in looking at all the um, different nominees, actually over many years, the judging panel wanted to identify a number of people in this um, social impact category who are all telling the stories and uncovering t stories through journalism. But um, we wanted to let you know that they selected you as the w winner of this overall oh, category of, of social impact. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. It, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I sort of just, I, I, I think about, um, you know, the story of my family and, and how they got to Australia and, and um, you know, the way they embrace the society and how proud they feel about being Australian and, you know, how challenging and hard it is for them that I live abroad. Um, but, you know, to this day, someone said to me, how many passports do you have? And I said, it doesn't matter how many passports I have. I, I'm still Australian and I still travel on my Australian passport. I still very much describe myself as an Australian journalist. Um, and so um, I'm, I'm so uh, grateful, you know, anything that comes out of Australia it's always home and to get any form of recognition is such a high honor for me so I'm, I'm really grateful thank you so much wow congratulations from us I have one more question but I'm aware of your time and no, I know you um do you do you have time for one yes, more and course, then I'll hand course. it back you may have a four-year-old run through the screen but um, we can <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> love to see him um so just you must be asked advice by a lot of journalism students aspiring to do something similar to yourself. What advice do you give to people that would like to go into a career like yours? What advice would I give? The advice I would give for budding journalists, aspiring journalists, people who want to go into this field is to never give up always persevere because I think that, and I know that, you know, that sounds like a cliche and people say it, but um, I honestly feel that I faced so many challenges along the way, and yet there were so many people who acted as mentors and guides and, and, and who wanted to open doors for me. And it's not just about once the door opens, but it's how you walk in and then stay in there. And with that comes hard work. And I always sort of say, and I see that in our newsrooms here in, in, in London, the Australians that come and work as junior producers or, you know, end up spending time here are the most hardworking. The work ethic is absolutely extraordinary. And there are often setbacks and there are often things um, that happen that make you think, OK, this is too much and I want to walk away. And the, the industry is really grueling and you're exposed and your work is exposed. But it's about persevering, never giving up and working really, really hard when you're there. Um, you know, I think it's not just about making it, but when you make it, you ensure that you carry on working really hard. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more inspiring stories of global Australian game changers, please go to our website, advance.org.